You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, where the Guardians are taking on the White Sox to open up a new homestand. It began on Friday night, runs through the weekend, and then the Blue Jays come to town for a four-game series next Monday through Thursday. So some good baseball coming up on this homestand. Guardians trying to hang in there in the American League Central Division chase. Despite some moves at the trade deadline that have made it more challenging and some injury issues as well. And we will get the full rundown later on in the show. In case you missed it on Wednesday, Chris Antonetti, the president of baseball operations, joined Tom Hamilton on the broadcast and just explained the moves, why they were made, why he was in Houston on the final day of the road swing, all of that. That's coming up in the second half of our show today. We'll also hear from outfielder Stephen Kwan and infielder Gabriel Arias, and we'll have much more as well coming up on this edition of Guardians Weekly. But first, our week in review, and it was on the field, a tough week certainly for the Guardians to begin as they were swept three straight in Houston on Monday, a 7-3 loss against the Astros. And then on Tuesday, history made by Houston as we saw a no-hitter from Frombert Valdez. He had everything working in the no-hit bid. And here's Hammy with the final out in the ninth inning with the Guardians facing a no-hitter from Frombert Valdez. 33,703 ready to erupt. Here's the windup. Here's the 0-2 pitch to Gallagher. Swing and a broken bat flare to short. Caught by Pena. A no-hitter for Fromber Valdez. And a mob scene between home plate and the pitcher's mound. Only a fifth inning walk. Keeping this no-hitter from being a perfect game. And, folks, you may come to baseball for the next 50 years and not see a more dominant performance. Not a hard-hit ball all night long. And Fromber Valdez, if there is such a thing, seemingly cruised to a no-hitter. As Valdez tonight, no-hits Cleveland, making 93 pitches, striking out seven. He walked one, and he finished the ball game with a broken bat looping liner to the shortstop, Jeremy Pena. 
And so the final here tonight in Houston, Fromber Valdez taking center stage and putting his name in the record book with as impressive an outing as you may ever see. A no-hitter for Valdez, and Houston beats Cleveland by a final score of two to nothing. And again, always tough when your team is on the losing side of that, and certainly the Guardians felt that, but when you have a chance to witness history, it is something special, and uh, the fans there in Houston treated to a big night from Fromber Valdez. How about that? The 16th no-hitter in Houston Astros history, including the postseason, as they had one in the World Series a year ago. But uh, just remarkable when you consider some of the other teams that have had very few no-hitters, and when you consider... Cleveland, uh, such a pitching-rich organization, especially lately, and their last no-hitter was the perfect game by Lenny Barker back in May of 1981. Moving on with the Week in Review, Thursday was an off day after a loss on Wednesday to wrap up the road swing, so the team returned home on Friday night looking to get back on the winning track against a White Sox team that also was in, in full sell mode during the uh, trade deadline period, and the Guardians jumped out to an early lead in the first inning when second baseman Andre Simenez doubled, bringing up Jose Ramirez. Now the 1-1, a swing and a ground ball, base hit into center. Stayed back on a changeup and rips an RBI single to center as Jimenez will score. Now right now, Cleveland's doing a nice job staying back on the Clevenger changeup. And Ramirez with an RBI single to center to score Jimenez from second. Jose Ramirez with a 64th RBI. In the second inning, the Guardians added another run thanks to the legs of Miles Straw and Stephen Kwan. He lets it fly. Runner goes. Pitches low. Throw by Grandall. Head first slide. Ball got away from Anderson. Caroms into shallow center. Going to third is Straw. That'll be a steal. His 13th. And likely a throwing error on Grandall because it hit the runner. The pitch, Quan's going, and he goes without even a throw being made. So that's 16 steals for Quan. Second this inning for Cleveland. Now base hit could make it a 3-0 game. Here's the 1-2 delivery to Jimenez. Bounces all the way to the backstop. The wild pitch will score straw and put Quan at third. 2-0 Cleveland. Chicago tied the game, scoring twice in the third inning. And then in the fourth, a few fireworks followed the at-bat from Brian Rocchio. Here's Mike Clevenger's 1-1. Swung on, and that's lined to right, sinking fast. And it gets down for a base hit. On his way to second is Rocchio. He slides safe at second base. As that ball got down just in front of the right fielder, Trace Thompson. And Rocchio has a double. It's his first in the big leagues. Well, it was a close play at second, and the White Sox want to challenge it. So this one is in the hands of New York now on replay. As Rocchio is trying to kind of hang on to that bag, he almost overslid it. Maybe he did, or maybe Anderson knocked his hand off, which is the angle we just saw. After the review, the call on the field is overturned. The runner is out. Chicago will retain their challenge. Wow. So they say that he was tagged out after Anderson appeared to move his hand off the bag. And Terry Francona has come out to talk about it with Bruce Dreckman. And 
And this is a tough one because the call came from New York. But I think Tito wants a further explanation if he can get it, which I don't think he will. But at least from the angle we had, it looked like Anderson moved his moved Rocchio's hand off the bag with his glove. Tito has already been ejected recently from a game. And, and he's now talking about it with the third base umpire, Malachi Moore. And now Bruce Dreckman gets between Tito and Moore. And I don't know if this is going to end well for Terry Francona. And he's getting hotter as we go. And he's been tossed. And now he's going to go have words with Moore. Boy, and looking back at the replays, mm, not good. And uh, Tito, it sure looked like he had a legitimate argument there. And uh, that call was overturned and the base runner taken away. And maybe that lit a spark. Who knows? But next inning, the Guardians regain the lead courtesy of Andres Jimenez. Here comes the 2-2. Swung on and hit high in the air to deep right. Way back there. Home run, Andres Jimenez. The Guardians have moved back in front. 4-2 Cleveland. As he launched his 10th home run of the season, did Andres Jimenez. And the Guardians are back in front. Meanwhile, on the mound, Logan Allen turned in. A strong performance. Now the payoff pitch. 4-2 Cleveland, sixth inning. Swing! And a miss. Got him with a high heat. That'll be pitch number 96, and in all likelihood, the last pitch of the night for Logan Allen. And he has given Cleveland six complete innings. And as he heads to that third base dugout, Cleveland still leads Chicago 4-2. to two. And it was still 4-2 to two in the ninth inning with Emmanuel Classe on trying to close things out. Classe's ready. Here it comes. A swing and a liner toward right. Brennan is there. Ball game. Classe gets the save. Cleveland starts the homestand with a 4-2 win over the Chicago White Sox. So that's your Week in Review. And when we come back, we'll hear from a couple of Guardians players, outfielder Stephen Kwan and also shortstop Gabriel Arias. That's next as we continue on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. At Progressive, we love sports and saving you money, so we bundled them together. The final horse now in the gate, and they're off. They're starting off with a double-toe loop jump, leaving a difficult 7-10 split as there's movement on the inside rail. Only 9 pins separate them now as they head to the final quarter mile. They're neck and neck. It's down to the last frame. Here comes the actual jump. They bundle their home and auto insurance with Progressive. Win, strike, savings, gold. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us on this summer weekend here in August. Another sellout crowd on Friday night for the homestand opener. The Guardians with their sixth sellout of the season. And uh, the fans have really turned out big this year. And they've seen some fun baseball, too. And then the same held true, certainly on Friday night in a 4-2 win. 7-10 first pitch on Saturday night. And uh, it's the night two of Rock and Blast as well with a performance by the band The Heavy Heavy. So a good night, again, shape, shaping up for Saturday night. And make a note of it, Sunday, uh, the, the Guardians again on the Peacock Network. That means a noon start on Sunday, 12.05 if you need that extra five minutes. But uh, it'll be a tight one uh, turnaround-wise on Sunday. So um, an early start on Sunday for the series finale against the White Sox with the Blue Jays coming in. On Monday, well, Stephen Kwan has had a, a real solid season here in his second major league season after that tremendous rookie campaign. We had a chance to catch up with him on Monday, and that was when the the trade deadline was in full swing for the Guardians. They had just traded Aaron Savali earlier in the day. Savali, their top remaining starting pitcher, certainly most veteran starting pitcher, and a candidate for July American League Pitcher of the Month honors. So he had been throwing very well. And we talked to Quan about how the news hit him, especially as well as some of the other young players who looked up to Savali for guidance and experience in their first go-round in the major leagues. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely tough. Um, obviously, when I debuted last year, he's one of the guys. So I kind of I kind of attribute this team to and Aaron Savali in the same kind of breath. Um, he kind of took me under his wing with a lot of stuff. He gave me some advice off to the side, um, clothing stuff, just how to handle myself. And to see him go is is, is a real bummer. And a, a quiet, at least outwardly, very quiet, but um, inside the clubhouse, pretty helpful. Yeah, definitely. And he, again, he was one of those guys who would just kind of take you off the side and just kind of give you a little advice. And it was never like condescending or scolding. It was very much like, you know, trying to hear to help you. Um, just apply this someone told me when I was a rookie and now he's passing it off to me so yeah I always appreciate him for that and you see him pitch a game like yesterday it's about as as good as he's been yeah I mean I feel like people just forget whenever he's healthy he's always done really well I think it kind of gets missed out just because you know he's had the injury bug a couple times but whenever he pitches he gives us a chance so um it's it's yeah it's sad to see him go so it comes at a time where the team's only a half game out of first place right now um how do you handle trying to, to make sure you stay focused and give this give yourself and, and the team a real good chance to win and stay in it? Yeah, I mean, I think you just have to take it day by day. I think that's, uh, you know, I say that all the time, lazy excuse to say, but, you know, just taking it day by day. Um, there's always going to be a lot of stuff kind of going around, but as long as you can lean on the people that are still here right now and just kind of believe that we're going for something bigger, you just have to keep going with that. Stephen Kwan joining us. Home run yesterday, and, and I know – it's not who you are, but it seems like it's a part of your game when you're going well. And, and, and what's going on lately that's allowed you to drive the ball a little more? Yeah, I think it's just kind of second-half stuff. Um, a lot of the pitchers that I've, I've gotten good hits off of, we've seen a couple times now. So it's just kind of the sample size of understanding what their plan is against me, um, taking a chance when I'm able to, and yeah, just being able to see them more than once. And there's been inevitable hiccups along the way, but this team really for a couple of months now has been scoring more, uh, hitting for average more. What are you seeing up and down the lineup that's really encouraging? Yeah, I think early on it was just kind of small sample size. We're hitting a lot of balls hard at people, but um, I think the age-old wisdom is hitting is contagious, and once we get kind of people going, I think everybody else wants to follow, and especially starts with Jose. I mean, once you start seeing him hit, you just you just want to you just want to hit with him. Uh, same with Josh. I mean, once those guys get hot, I think it trickles down. Stephen, thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Rosie.
That's outfielder Stephen Kwan, always with some good perspectives on a lot of things, not just hitting, and uh, always nice to have him along. We had a chance to visit as well with Gabriel Arias, the shortstop, who's getting an opportunity now with the trade recently of Ahmed Rosario opening up that spot at shortstop for Arias, Tyler Freeman, Brian Rocchio, among others. And uh, with some translation help from Augie Rivero, we asked him about getting that chance for some more regular playing time, and he said how much that's helped him relax, especially at the plate. Yo creo que, que yo no, no me he relajado tanto porque, como lo dije en una entrevista pasada, sabe, que Yeah, I feel like a, I wouldn't call it kind of like a relax a little bit like about the position. I know there are a lot of very talented infielders in the organization, so I feel like I need to keep putting the effort, putting the work, and I think what has benefited me more is like the fact that having more chances to, to put in practice the adjustment that I put in on the play, you know, and that comes from playing more regularly, but I feel it comes out from being able to, to make the adjustment that I, of my game that I thought I needed to do. And we saw in last night's game a couple of line drives to right, and, it, and is that more your game once you get that down, it can open up some other things for you? I feel like, I mean, even though I've been getting the results recently going that side of the field to the right field, but always my approach is going to the right field. So in all the instances where I got in either to left field, like third base, it's just not that I'm trying to do that. It's just that I've been a little bit like open too early or something in that regard. But normally my approach is always trying to drive the ball to the right field. Gabby, your back is short. It looks like it's going to be that that'll be your spot after playing all over the diamond. Do you just have one glove now, or do you still keep the other ones around, just in case? I mean, now for the games, I always bring my info glove, but I know the other two, they're always in the, in the tunnel because they're ready for anything and any way that I can help. And obviously we're, we're at that point where it's the trade deadline, an uneasy time of year. You've been involved in a huge trade to come here, uh, but very much on the other end of it as a, a young prospect. How has it been for you and your younger teammates losing a, a pair of, of veteran players who mean a lot to this team and, and still trying to hang in there in the division race. I think it's always difficult, I think, on the personal side. You know, there are a lot more emotions involved in senti sentiment because at the end, you know, you're just a guys that you have, like, live with you. They're like your family. But at the end, I feel there we may lose some leaders in the clubhouse, but we have different leaders in the clubhouse, and I feel the presence... It's going to keep us going, it's going to keep us competing, and, and even though it's been difficult, I, I feel that's part of the, of the game, and that's how we got to respond to it. Gabrielle, thanks a lot for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Augie, thank you. Thank you, guys. At shortstop, Gabriel Arias with some translation help from Augie Rivero. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear from President of Baseball Operations, Chris Antonetti. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. It's been quite a week for the Guardians with the trade deadline coming and going on Tuesday at 6 p.m. local time. And the Guardians were active last week, trading Ahmed Rosario to the Dodgers for Noah Syndergaard. And then earlier this week, Aaron Savali heading to Tampa Bay in exchange for Kyle Manzardo, a very highly regarded first baseman who's at the AAA level. And then Josh Bell was sent to the Miami Marlins right at the trade deadline for a top prospect as well from the Marlins organization and also some salary things being moved around as well. So uh, some trades that short-term will make it challenging for the Guardians, and you throw in some injury issues too, and there's a lot going on. So Chris Antonetti stopped by to visit with Tom Hamilton during the broadcast. We are pleased to be joined by Cleveland Guardians president, Chris Antonetti, and I think to pull the curtain back a little bit for our fans, Chris, you and Cherny, Mike Chernoff, the general manager, you're on a 6.30 flight this morning from Cleveland to Houston. How come, Chris? Well, I think we wanted to be here. Uh, obviously, we've made a number of decisions in the last uh, week or so that's um, you know, affected our team, and we wanted to make sure we were here and accountable and, and talk through the rationale with everyone. Is this a case? I know you didn't have a a team meeting per se because Tito had already done that we did so yes actually I mean we didn't meet as a team but it gave us an opportunity to connect with the coaches we were here early when the coaches came in we had a chance to talk through things with them as players started to filter in we met with a lot of guys individually just to hear what was on their mind both individually and on the team level and again I know those conversations are private I'm not trying to pry but you, you know emotion of a clubhouse. You've been down there. Yeah. You know guys aren't going to be thrilled. Do you do this so that they have a chance to come right to you and say, hey, this is what I think? Exactly. And we want to make sure we're available. And you're around, Tom. You know you see we're here and present. And we never want our players to be wondering what's going on, why do they do what they do. And, and so hopefully they feel comfortable engaging. And we're grateful for the conversations this morning. Because the last thing we want them to do is just read maybe some things yeah. and interpret from yeah. that or maybe not even read things and interpret what it might mean for them and things get left unsaid. So this gives us an opportunity to connect with them directly. Was it, in your mind, worthwhile? Did, did you find some things out or did at least maybe they get a better understanding? I think that's the important part. It doesn't matter how it sets <laughs> for me. It matters is it helpful for them. And I, I, at least... The players we connected with expressed the appreciation, and we had some substantive conversations that lasted a while. And I think we're in a good place now as a team, and we're ready to move forward and, and turn the page on what's happened over the last week or so. And I know you were there for Tito and the coaches. I know you guys spoke today because same thing. I mean, you've got a very competitive group down there, including your coaches. Exactly, and we want to make sure they understood the rationale and, and kind of where we saw things, and hopefully we can, like I said, build from here. Gonzalez bangs one by the diving third baseman Alex Bregman. Just a sidebar here. Pretty encouraging to see Oscar Gonzalez twice go the other way, now pulls the single. It has been. And hopefully, Oscar, you know, the time in AAA will benefit from him. He got consistent at bats outside the spotlight of the major leagues and can, you know, put together more consistent at bats where he's in the zone a little bit more. And I think what we've seen is. When he, con- he doesn't have to walk a lot, but yeah. when he controls the zone and swing at pitches, he can do damage, he can be an effective major league hitter. So hopefully he builds in that direction. Okay, Chris, and I'm not trying to play the bad guy here, but obviously I'm sure players said to you, Chris, are we trying to win? Yeah. And I think, again, there may be a, a couple different elements to it. 
with Ahmed and Josh, both extraordinary teammates. But in Ahmed's case, you know, we were hopeful that we'd be able to he'd spark offensively and go on that run and that his defense would improve and just it got to a point where it wasn't and we started to feel that we had some better options and we weren't comfortable having him in a bench role, didn't feel that would be fair to him as a free agent and so we're able to make a trade that we think help both te- helps both teams. And an important element of that was we were able to, to bring back Noah Syndergaard, who provides some mm-hmm. another option for us in the starting rotation. Had an encouraging start the other night, and hopefully he can build from that. And then in Josh's case, again, another tremendous human being. I'm not sure there's a better guy in the game of baseball. Uh, a great teammate. But in the end, we were, as we looked at our team construction moving forward, we got to the point where we felt his offensive production and where he was didn't justify having that full-time DH and that we could be better if we had the opportunity to DH Josh Nail or Stephen Kwan, Jose Ramirez, to keep them fresh mm-hmm. and productive and in the lineup and give some of the other young guys an opportunity to produce. Savali, I'm sure, was a different conversation. That is a different conversation. And if you look at how our teams have been built, some of the players we see today are a function of trades, difficult decisions we've made during the season. If you look back at the Mike Clevenger trade, which is a trade we made when we were in first place, you know, we brought back a lot of guys in that deal that are now helping us. President Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff, the GM, flying down this morning to be able to get the pulse of this club. But more importantly, to be able to talk to guys, let guys ask questions about the moves that were made. With Aaron Savali, as well as he pitched, Chris, was it a case you felt like you had to take advantage of, of selling high? Well, I mean, I'm hopeful and believe that Aaron will continue to be a productive major league pitcher. But it is an area where, you know, as we look, zoom out and look at where we have some depth, that's a place where we feel we, you know, we, as we've seen with some of the guys that have emerged in the major league level this year and depth in our system, that, that you can never really have enough pitching. But we really have been searching for players that can impact the ball offensively and contribute, especially either major league guys or at the upper levels of our minors. And they've been it's been proven that it's really difficult to acquire those types of guys. And in Kyle Manzardo, we feel we have a guy that's capable at some point of developing into a really good major league hitter. And that's really what compelled us to make the move, not something that we were necessarily looking to do. I'm guessing you, you tried to get pitching at some point, correct, because of the the innings that need to be covered. We did, and that was the some of the impetus with the Noah Syndergaard trade and bringing yeah. him back, and I'm Ed Rosario. And, you know, we will continue. We have some guys coming off the IL and, you know, and, and guys that are still pitching in AAA that we feel can come up and contribute and keep us in games and help us win. And hopefully after that, shortly after that, Cal Quantrill, who's going to throw a live BP here on Friday or Saturday, can continue his progression to rejoin the rotation. And then, you know, as we turn the calendar, hopefully to September and early September, we can be looking at Tristan McKenzie. And then after that, Shane Bieber. Is McKenzie a point where you've got to make a determination? Does he need Tommy John or not? I think that that's one of the goals as we try to ramp up his intensity. We'll we'll learn a lot more. Hopefully he gets through this with conservative treatment and doesn't need surgery. But if he does, we want to know that as soon as possible. Shane's not at that degree of severity, is he? That's correct, yes. Based upon what we know right now, Shane's imaging was very was different than Tristan's. So we have no reason to think that surgery's on the table for him at this point. You had to do it with Logan Allen. Send him to Columbus, then pitch him, not shut him down, but pitch him three innings at a time to monitor the innings. Do you have to do that with Gavin or Tanner Bybee? Uh, we'll take. We'll continue to see how those guys do. We want to have an individual plan that makes sense for each of them, um, and what works for one may not be the same as the other. 
So what we'll do is we'll look at each guy. Look, are there signs of fatigue? Yeah. How are they recovering between starts? Are they maintaining their mechanics? Are they maintaining the quality of their stuff? And as long as they're able to do that, then you know we can continue to you know, give them extra days when we can, but continue to have them pitch. If we start to see signs where you know they're wearing down or showing fatigue, we'll definitely pull back. Are you worried about the bullpen? Do you think they've shown some fatigue here? Uh, it, it might be fatigue. There, it might be other factors that are at play with different guys. I think maybe some guys are showing fatigue. Other guys simply just aren't executing the way they've been able to execute in the past. So it, it is an area we need to get back on track. It's such an important part for us as we construct our team. And when we're good, it's usually our bullpen's a big part of it. Well, talk about how competitive guys are in that dugout. Uh, same thing holds true with you and Journey. <laughs> We've seen that firsthand. You still think you can catch the Twins, don't you? I think we have the ability to do that. I recognize that you know it will be a challenge. We have a very challenging schedule. The Twins are a good team that are getting healthy, and we are still very young. But I would go back and say the success of our season was, will be determined by how well our young players do. How well are they? How well did they do at developing and contributing to help us win games at the major league level? That was true on April first, and it's certainly true today. Chris, I know we have two months to go, and you're focused on winning, but. Are these times now for Rocchio, Freeman, Arias? I mean, you have a glut of middle infielders on your 40-man. Too many? Uh, I don't believe so. I don't believe you can have too many talented players. We will have to be thoughtful about how we get them at bats. And again, as I talked about earlier, in an, in a roundabout way, you know, moving Josh Bell to the Marlins does free up some of those at-bats because we can start to DH Hosey a little bit. We can move some. We can DH those guys. We can move other guys around. So that does free up one spot in the lineup to be able to give at-bats, whether it's to Tyler or Brian or Gabby or someone else. Uh, that That's a place where we could do that. Chris Antonetti with us. Chris, again, not getting ahead of ourselves, but you're still last in home runs. Yep. Will you look in the offseason? Do you feel as much as you guys value contact, you need more guys here with power? We want to score runs. That's the ultimate goal. Power certainly helps that. Uh, we thought, and again, obviously in retrospect, it didn't work out the way we had planned with Mike Zanino and, and Josh Bell adding some power to our lineup. Um, you know, For a variety of reasons, it didn't just didn't work the way we envisioned. So we will go into the offseason. I think we believe that the group here has more offensive potential, and hopefully we can tap into that. And then we will continue to explore avenues to improve our offense in other ways. And power is certainly a big part of that. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Kyle Manzardo because yeah. you actually could have drafted him in the second round two years ago. Tells you what you must have thought of the kid you got from Old Miss, yeah. Nick Hazy, a pitcher yep. who's having a good year at double a now you have both kids yeah we're excited he was actually on our board and a guy we really liked out of the draft have followed him in his time in the minor leagues and he's done nothing but continue to hit he's raked at every level he's been especially good against right-handed pitching controls the strike zone well makes good uh, makes consistent contact impacts the ball well capable of extra base hits um he's had a little bit of a down year this year but it's mostly kind of balls in play and where they whether they not they fell for hits but He's got the ingredients to be a really good major league hitter. Now, how quickly that might happen or what type of hitter, we'll have to see um, because no one has a perfect crystal ball, but he's got the attributes you'd look for for a guy to be successful. How far away is he from joining Columbus? Um, so he started his rehab progression from a shoulder injury he had in early July, and you know I, we're hopeful in the next couple of weeks he can be able to join the Columbus team and continue his season there. Is the Khalil Watson kid like a lottery ticket in that 
you might hit the jackpot with him. Hopefully, a little bit more better odds than the lottery. But uh, <laughs> yes, he's got a great, an unbelievable upside. He's an explosive athlete. He, I mean, you watch him and you can see he oozes athleticism. You know, he's, he's got a good eye at the plate. He can really impact the ball when he makes contact. He's athletic defensively. Um, so you can see the tool and skill package for him to emerge as a really good player. He hasn't done that yet in the minor leagues, but has the pedigree, you know, as a former first-round pick. And when you look at his skills and tools to develop into something that you know, could be really exciting for us. He's what, 20? He's 20. Drafted out of high school. He had some maturity issues that uh, are growing pains that he's still working through. But he's made progress with that, and hopefully he can continue the right direction there too. Because of what you've got here in the system to handle that kind of stuff, are you less concerned about that? Do you feel like, hey, look, we have a culture here. We've got the kind of people that we think we might be able to better help some of these kids? I believe so. We're not naive, and we know that we don't change anyone. People have to make the determination themselves to, yeah. to make progress on things. But I do believe we have the right environment, the right culture, the right resource, and the right people to help people along in that regard, yes. Chris, we can't thank you enough. This was really helpful. We really appreciate it. My pleasure to be with you as always, Tom. Thanks for having me. Good stuff there from Chris Antonetti. Stay with us. We'll have our final segment after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Progressive knows we're all trying to save right now. Hey, at least we're still enjoying baseball on a Saturday night, right? Even if it is T-ball. Yeah, but tickets to the majors are just so expensive now. And who knows, maybe we're seeing a pro in the making. Sure, in like 20 years. How is he safe? Boo! This up stinks! Um, the up is only 14. We don't really do that. Oh, my bad. You're doing a great job, ump! Progressive offers you savings without sacrifice. So save big when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly, our final segment as we take you up until the top of the hour. And if you are tuned to us on the radio network today and not in podcast form, this airs before Rock and Blast, this night two of Rock and Blast. And as a special feature between the end of game and the start of Rock and Blast, the band The Heavy Heavy is going to be performing. Courtberry Trip, part of the great PR department for the Guardians, is here with us in uh, court. Part-time record promoter, uh, concert booker, <laughs> something along those lines. But I know you reached out to this band that uh, has really started to climb in popularity. And how does this happen in such a short period of time, it seems, where you can get them to come and play a venue like this? Right on, Rosie. Thank you for having me. Um, this band's got an interesting story. They're from the U.K. They've only been out a couple of years putting out music and... Uh, I finally got to see them the first week in June at their show in Detroit, first U.S. tour. Talked to Will and Georgie, the two primary vocalists. It's a five-piece band. And the tour manager at the time um, got back to Cleveland, talked to Kelly Dredge and Tracy Engie from our 
fantastic live experience team. And this this just fits with you know the generations theme of Rock and Blast, our city's history, especially breaking artists from the UK like David Bowie. His first show was here in 1972, uh, September I think, and then he came back and did two more uh, in November of the same year. So Cleveland did a lot to help him. Uh, WMMS uh, as part of that, and you know maybe we can do the same for this crew. So they're from the UK. What are their feelings about playing a baseball ballpark, a sport that maybe they're not that familiar with? What does it mean to them to be here tonight? Well, we, we literally just drove them upstairs uh, after load-in, got their equipment out of the van. They left it. They left Appleton, Wisconsin this morning around 8 a.m. and drove all the way here. So it was cool in the, uh, the golf cart on the way up here to hear some of, some of their thoughts and, and feelings. But they've never played in front of a crowd quite this large. They're playing festivals, but, you know, even the biggest ones – generally don't get up to 35,000 people so um, that paired with the fact that I don't think that they've yet attended an American sporting event I think this is going to be a really unique experience for them. Uh, Give us a kind of a synopsis of the music that that the fans will hear if they're here tonight. Yeah in their own words I think Will and Georgie talk a lot about bringing forth the best sounds of the 60s and the 70s so it's almost a mix between you know that Laurel Canyon rock folk Americana type sound and the British invasion and I think what you have there is maybe a psychedelic version of Peter Green era Fleetwood Mac really reverb soaked vocals a lot of cool sounds that that you would have heard from those previous eras and again that fits a lot with the theme that our live experience team came up with for this summer uh, generations your full-time job you're around players coaches managers teams any similarities of, of what this group here does it's a, a small team of five but any similarities that you see absolutely i mean i i don't envy the way that they're traveling night after night and loading their own equipment in and out um but as you can also relate to the travel it, it does become a grind and you, you've got a like a family on the road traveling circus more or less on the flip side of that i think there's a lot of adrenaline and getting to tour the united states the way that they are sort of resembles what we do in that that regard we go to to great cities and and see new things and meet new people so there's a lot of uh, overlap between the venn diagrams of sports entertainment and music and uh i think those of us that do one have a lot of curiosity about the other and vice versa well thank you for booking the heavy heavy for tonight's uh rock and blast too it should be a lot of fun Thank you, Rosie. And I'd also like to send out a special thank you to our friends at AEG who did play a part in helping to make this happen. So I want to mention that the Heavy Heavy will also be playing Cleveland Sunday night at Jacobs Pavilion alongside uh, the Revivalists and Band of Horses. Great stuff from Courtberry Trip, part of the PR department, and a music aficionado, as it were. And again, if you're listening to this on the radio network, prior to game two of the series between the White Sox and the Guardians. You can come on down. If you are coming on down, you can catch the heavy, heavy after the game prior to Rock and Blast. And if you don't have tickets yet, there are still some tickets available, limited, but are still some tickets available for tonight's game. That's going to do it for our show this week. Until next time, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance.